This is Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver, and I'm your host, Sandra Peoples. To us, self-care isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. We want to take better care of ourselves so we're able to care for our loved ones who rely on us. Friends, if you're listening to this in real time, meaning it's the week of January 20th right now, as you listen, my family is going through some huge schedule changes. I'm so glad I planned for this episode this week. What we talk about today has helped me make this transition smoother on our entire family. But more about that when we dive into today's topic, which is creating the ideal week. In episode six, we talked about how stressful it can be for caregivers to make so many decisions each day. We're not only making them for ourselves, we're making them for our children as well. The solution is to eliminate decision fatigue. I shared how to do that in episode six, and this week we're diving even deeper into how to make our lives run smoother. So let's walk through how to create a plan for the ideal week. I first heard the idea of an ideal week from the author and productivity expert Michael Hyatt. The idea is that you use a grid with blocks of hours of time and decide what you would do with each hour of the week if you got to design your week. The idea of the ideal week isn't that it's a goal you'll never meet, but that if you don't know what's really important, what you want to do with each hour of the day, you might find yourself wasting the most important hours. When you have a plan, it puts that decision-making on autopilot, like we talked about in episode six, so you get done what really needs to get done each week. As I mentioned in the introduction, our schedules are going through a bit of a change over the next couple of weeks. James was going to therapy half a day and then going to school the other half of the day. This meant I was driving him to therapy in another town each morning, picking him up in the middle of the day, driving him to school, then picking him up a few hours later. Our time in the car was taking at least two hours a day since therapy is in a town north of here. But starting soon, he'll be at therapy three days a week and at school two days a week. That gives me two days a week off from driving him back and forth to therapy. I'm pretty excited about that. With this big change, I need to redo my ideal week. So I printed off the grid from the website weekplan.net, which, you know, I'll link to in the show notes, and sat down to fill it out. First, I decided on themes for some of my days of the week. On Tuesdays, I teach a ladies' Bible study, so that takes up most of Tuesday. On Thursdays, James will be gone from 8 to 4, so I'll be able to get big projects done that take lots of focused time. Friday is Lee's day off, so anything I do needs to be able to happen with him around the house. That leaves Mondays and Wednesdays for everything else that I can do in short spurts. I decided Monday will be the day I answer emails, schedule social media, and do graphic design projects. Wednesdays will be podcast days. I'll work on the script, record each Wednesday. On Fridays, when Lee is home, I can focus on my Patreon content, the three newsletters that go out each month, and hopefully get back in the habit of having lunch with him on Fridays. I have a few other weekly things I like to get done that need a day of the week assignment, like (laughs) laundry. That's the big one. 
I decided that Thursday would be a great laundry day because I'll be doing projects that require focus, but I will need a reason to get up and stretch my legs every hour or so. Switching the laundry from the washer to the dryer is a great task to get done during that time. I also have the weekly goal of eating a meal with someone outside my family. Since I have my Bible study on Tuesdays, it would be the perfect day to be available if the ladies want to go to lunch or to make plans to meet someone else after Bible study. So, with all of that in mind, I filled out a grid of my ideal week. The morning and evening routines stay consistent each day. If you want to hear more about those, I'm going to release a bonus podcast episode just on Patreon where I'll go over what I do each morning and each evening. You can visit patreon.com slash Sandra Peoples to learn more and listen to that episode. After the morning and evening routines are in place, I filled out all the rest. I included all the things I have to do and the things that I want to do. Every block of time has an ideal goal, even if that ideal goal is reading or watching Pioneer Woman reruns. It doesn't make me a slave to the schedule. It frees me up to do what needs to get done at the best time possible so that when I decide on a Saturday morning to get everyone in the car and drive down 30 minutes to the beach, I know my work and ministry stuff is done and I have the flexibility to do that. So, let me walk you through what each day looks like on my ideal week. The morning routine ends at 9 every day, and I'm ready to do what's on the schedule for that day. On Mondays, I'm going to start with making the weekly to-do list, answering emails, scheduling social media, and creating graphics for any series I have going on. I like to batch my work, like do things that are similar all at the same time. So the social media for the week that can be scheduled will all get done on Monday mornings. Around noon, I'll stop for lunch and either read or watch Pioneer Woman episode. She comes on every day at 1230 at my house. (laughs) After lunch, I'll do my Bible study prep so I'm ready for Tuesday morning. James will get picked up at 2. So between that time and 4... When it's time to pick up David, I'll play with James and get kitchen stuff done, like prepping for dinner, unloading the dishwasher, anything that needs done before everybody's home for the evening. Right now on Mondays, James has special Olympics practice, so our evening routine is a little different, but dinner time, bath time, James's bedtime, and all that comes after is pretty consistent. On Tuesdays, after the morning routine, at 9... I'll be getting the house clean for Bible study to start at 9.30. It ends around 11.30, and then I'll go to lunch with a friend. In the afternoon on Tuesdays, I'll do event prep. Right now, my friend Tiffany and I are hosting a disability ministry conference on February 22nd. Uh, If you're in the Houston area, I'd love to tell you more about that. So there's always something to do to get ready for that coming up. In March, April, and the beginning of May, I'll be speaking almost every weekend and traveling to Maryland, Arkansas, Illinois, Ohio, and to the Dallas area and Amarillo here in Texas. So on Tuesday in those months, I'll be working on presentations, handouts, and PowerPoints, so I'm ready. As I mentioned, Wednesdays will be a great day for podcast work. I plan out the topics before the month starts, so each week I'm writing the scripts, recording, editing, (laughs) uploading, and finalizing the show notes. 
James gets picked up at 2 on Wednesdays, so like Mondays, my late afternoons will be hanging out with him. On Wednesday nights, my husband Lee and my older son David both go to church activities. And right now, James and I are working on helping him build up to sitting with us for the music on Sunday mornings. So that's on our schedule for Wednesday nights. We go over, and right now, we're sitting in an empty auditorium, so he can get used to that, but soon we'll be sitting through choir practice, so he can get used to the noise of that. That's why we're going over on Wednesday nights to do that. Thursdays will be my long-form writing days. I am super excited about having this blocked out on my schedule, since I haven't had many of those really long days to work since James started therapy back in September. This will include writing the spring Bible study that we'll do in my Patreon group and working on projects that I have planned this year for special needs siblings. Finally, on Friday, I'll get my newsletters out and work with the three life coaching clients I have right now. Hopefully, Lee and I will get back in the routine of having lunch together since he's off on Fridays. In the afternoons, I can catch up on anything left on the to-do list or head to the church to get my special needs ministry classrooms set up for Sunday. James will get picked up at 2 on Fridays, so I'm pretty sure that those days will fly by. So, that is my plan for the week. Honestly, I'm getting really excited about our new routine and my plan to fill up all those hours. On the grid I used, you can also fill out the slots on Saturday and Sunday, but I don't usually plan for those days. My schedule is determined by what my husband Lee needs to do and what the boys are doing, like when David has play rehearsal. I do have a meal plan routine that we stick to through the weekend, so at least something is predictable. But overall, we just do what we need to do and hopefully what we want to do. Thanks for listening as we talk through the ideal week concept. Here's what I hope you'll do next. Go to the show notes at sandrapeoples.com slash the podcast and find the link for your own ideal week grid. Then print off two copies. On one copy, you can fill out what actually takes up each hour of your week. Then you can review it and fill out the second copy with what you want to happen each day of the hour next week and the weeks that follow. That will be your ideal week. I'll show you my actual ideal week printout on Instagram this week, so make sure you're following me there. My username is Sandra Peoples. Let me pray for you as we close our time together. God, thank you for giving us 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week. We want to honor you with each one. You are infinite and never sleep or grow weary. Some of us try to be like you, cramming too much into our days and trying to get by on too little sleep. This week, we're asking for your wisdom as we plan out what an ideal week would look like. Help us to prioritize what you would prioritize. Help us to balance productivity and rest, work and play, social media, and the people we see when we put down our screens. It's all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been Episode 7 of Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver, and it's probably my new favorite. (laughs) At least until next week when we'll talk about habit triggers. I learned about them last year, and they helped me make progress to reach the goals I have, especially my goal to walk more each day. 
If this episode was helpful to you, please hit that five-star rating so more caregivers can find the podcast and be encouraged. And if you have time, leaving a review would be even more helpful. Remember, self-care isn't selfish. It's important for us to take care of ourselves so we can care for the loved ones God has entrusted to us. Thanks for listening, and I'll meet you back here next Monday.